at the first stage we when we came to South Africa to explore the wineries, we didn't even know, I mean, Makoto didn't even know, he didn't have any clue to any wineries or any winemakers. So he just grabbed the platter's guide and, and mm-hmm. hopped into wine concept. He bought all the bottles that he had inspirations and put them all with his friend. Hello. Welcome to the XNO Wine Co. podcast. I'm David Clark. XAnimo Wine Co. is a wine distributor based in Cape Town. Please go to our website, xanimo.co.za, for more on what we do. The purpose of this podcast is to document the stories in South African wine. We are interested in how we got to where we are today and where we are going tomorrow. Thank you very much for joining us. We are in the middle of a government-enforced lockdown here in South Africa, where the sale and movement of wine is, at least for now, forbidden. So to keep ourselves busy, we have decided to release a new podcast episode every day during lockdown. We're using the internet to record these podcasts and it doesn't always behave. So apologies for any issues with the audio. I've tried to edit to make it as listenable as possible. Today on the podcast, we have Maho Tamai of Society Rufine, a Japanese-based wine importer specializing in South Africa. Maho is based in Cape Town as Rufine's local representative and acts as a producer liaison. Japan has quickly become an important market for South African wine over the last few years, and this is what I wanted to talk to him about. As you will hear, Rufine represent some of the best producers in South Africa, so I wanted to discuss how the business first entered in the South African wine and how they grew so quickly. Maho is an active member of the wine community here in Cape Town, a proper gentleman and deeply committed to South African wine. We are lucky to have him here. I give you Maho-san. I'm here with Maho Tamai. Maho-san, how are you? Hey, uh, how are you, David? I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Thanks Very for having good. me. No, pleasure, man. Pleasure. For those guys who don't know who you are, maybe give me a quick introduction and just tell me about your life in wine up until this point. Hi, uh, my name is Maho Tamai from Societe Raffine and Raffine SA. Uh, Societe Raffine is... Uh, Japanese importing company based in Tokyo, and Rafine is obviously a South African registered company and based in Cape Town. And I've been based in Cape Town for almost three years and coming July. I got into uh, wine business pretty recently. I've only joined Societe Rafine in 2016, and before that, I was working in totally different industry. After I graduated my university, I was working in airline business for 25 years. The reason I joined Societe Rafine was our owner, Makoto Sakaguchi, is the owner of Societe Rafine, and he's my uh, wine drinking friend. And around 2014, he just asked me he, he, if I can help him out uh, setting up a company uh, in Cape Town. And if possible, he wanted me to station in Cape Town. At that stage, I wasn't really taking that seriously because I was still working for airline business. And uh, slowly, Makoto uh, brainwashed me and, and I was sent to Cape Town at the end and as a hostage, Makoto made me. <laughs> <laughs> you were kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, why did he choose you? Had you, had you chatted to him about... Working together, okay, like, um, or like, were you just did you drink too much wine one night and agree to it? 
Yeah, because we were, yeah, just uh, just like I said, it was just wine drinking friend. And uh, in 2014, oh, maybe I should uh, talk a little bit about Rafina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rafina was uh, started by Makoto uh, in 2008 uh, as a French wine importer, mostly Burgundy wines, because Makoto is a Burgundy specialist. Uh, before that, he was with another bigger uh, wine importer, um, but he decided to start his own in 2008. And uh, he was always wanted to start South African wines as well, and looking for the chance to start. And actually, he started to uh, do business with South African wineries in 2014. And right just after he started business with uh, these wineries, he asked me and my wife Tomomi, if we can come with him to Cape Town just to uh, translate uh, at the wineries because uh, myself and Tomomi spoke a little, little bit English and uh, in fact Tomomi, her family used to live in Cape Town in mid-1970s for five years. Yeah, at that time I think she said her family was the not the first but maybe the second or third Japanese expert family who lived in Cape Town. Yeah, so it was uh, another, I mean, she didn't have chance to come back to Cape Town since then. So it was a good reason for her to visit her second hometown again. So we visited Cape Town uh, with Makoto and that was my first time uh, involving into wine business to South Africa. Rafinha with South African wine started in the middle of 2014 and we started with 15 wineries at that time. Just a lazy 15 just to kick off. That's quite a lot to start (laughs) with. Yeah, it was. And now we have 33 wineries in our portfolio. Yeah, and handling volume of South African wines from our total uh, volume is now 55% in terms of volume. So it's uh, taking big tests for our company. So did you say 55% of Rafina's wines are now South African? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, in terms okay. of volume. Was, were they all new? So the original 15 wineries in 2014, yeah. were they all new wineries to Japan? Or were there other, uh, were there other importers that, that weren't doing a good enough job that, that Rafina started with as well? I think it was most of them. I mean, I can say all of them are new. Oh, wow. What led um, Makoto-san to, to start with South African wine? What was the, the thinking there? Do you know? Well, when he was with bigger importer before he starts, he had a chance to taste many of South African wines. It was sent to his company mm-hmm. and he had a chance to taste all those wines. And he just thought he had inspiration and he thought it was a big potential for right. South African wines, because at that time, there's very, at this moment, I can still say that South African wines in Japan, the market is so small, but in early 2000s, it was like very tiny, tiny market. So mm. he just wanted to, he, he didn't want it to do the bigger market things. Yeah, that was his inspiration. And who do you sell to in Japan? Is it mostly restaurants, or was it mostly restaurants, or was it retailers as well, or is it direct-to-consumer? Basically, we sell it to distributors. Okay. Some restaurants we do directly, but Mm -hmm. the trade price will be 
different from the distributors because we don't want to undercut distributors uh, the price. Very seldom to the direct consumers, very seldom. And how are you marketing the wines to the distributors? I mean, I'm assuming that, as you say, there wasn't a big uh, want and desire for South African wine in Japan. You would have had to, cre- be, mm. to create that demand. Yeah, we have to do all the, the tasting events. I think tasting events is the most effective way for the marketing. And that, and, and that is just based on pure what's in the bottle in terms of quality versus price and style? Is that... What we can say is because we have our French wine portfolio already, mm-hmm. and that is mostly focused on Burgundies. And I think our customers are focused to that area. So we bring what, what how can I explain? Uh, similar, uh, not to say similar, but the, we, we, we know the preference of those customers. So we can, hey, this is the new. Uh, the wines from South Africa and the image of South African wines aren't created in Japan yet. So uh, what the wineries we have in our list is like high quality, a small but high quality wineries. So uh, we were confident enough that they're going to take those wines. Yeah, right. I'm just looking at the list yeah. now on the website. So you've yeah. got Artie yeah. Badenhorst, you've got Chris yeah. and Susie Arlite, you've got Elemental Bob, you've obviously got Comparative with, yeah. uh, through Artie, yeah. Calendar yeah. Peak, Habrios Kluf, Clan Constantia, yeah. yeah. Clan and Zolza, yeah. uh, Craven yeah. Wines, Christellum, yeah. uh, Kruger Family, Cape Rock, Colmont, um, yeah. Sardi Family, Savage, Storm, Thorn and Daughters, Testa Longa, yeah. Tierslesdal, De Turin, Van Lochrenberg, Fierberg, Fram, Hogan, Porcelainberg, Memento, Rakes, Radford mm. Dale, Raal, Lariche, Restless River, yeah. Lawrence mm. Family, and uh, and KG's wine, KG Sato. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a pretty good list, mate. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Obviously, there's a, there's a fair bit of crossover with styles in that list um, in terms of a lot of Shannon, a lot of Syrah-based wines. Obviously, how do you how, how is that received in terms of trying to sell similar styled wines? I guess in terms of Shannon and white blends, and is it difficult or is well, that, how we sell them in Japan? Yeah, is it difficult to to, to, to sort of talk about the difference in styles? You know, from it's the same so region. Very difficult because I mean, all those wines we have on our list is just. I mean, so beautiful wines, and we just want to sell them all, but you have to <laughs> differentiate, right? So hard, but, uh, you know, we just couldn't miss it, you know? Yeah. If, like, we were so lucky, you know? We were so lucky at the first stage we went, when we came to South Africa to explore the wineries. We didn't even know, I mean, Makoto didn't even know, I mean, he didn't have any clue to any wineries or any winemakers, so he just grabbed the platter's guide and and mm-hmm. hopped into wine concept. He bought all the bottles that he had inspirations and put them all with his friend. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there at that time, but he just bought all the wines. He thought it was, I mean, the label looks good, and grabbed platter's guide and, and tasted all the wines with his friend. And he emailed to those wineries he w- wanted to work with. Yeah, and like that was including Chris Alhide, Pirang, Dillinson, and mm-hmm. Donovan Raw. I can't, I, I'm not sure this is true or not, but at that time, the Donovan's uh, contact information wasn't listed in the Platters Guide. 
only the telephone number, not the email address. Yeah, that sounds so like Donovan. I call him the ghost, the phantom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, Nakoto, uh, called Donovan directly and made an appointment to meet up. And otherwise, Chris Arhead was the only guy who responded to Nakoto's email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here I am trying to trying to say that yeah. all these South African guys are so they're so nice, they're so um, you know, they're so polite know, and they're, know, they're good is... guys. And there's just only one dude <laughs> replied to the email. Yeah, I, think... <laughs> <laughs> I think he was lucky that Chris was the only one who responded to his email. I bet yeah. nothing would have happened otherwise. No, I mean yeah. if. Chris didn't reply another like bigger, another, you know, strange winery responded to him. Then I think we went to the wrong direction. Yeah, it would have gone the other way. Yeah. So uh, he visited uh, Hemeran. Mm -hmm. And at that time, this was in 2013. At that stage, I think Peter Allen was still making wine at Hemeran. Yeah, John so, and Peter uh, Allen would have been there. Yeah. And so he just visited him around and automatically Peter Allen was there and he mentioned, hey, you gave me email. Hey, now you're here, can you, you know. Makoto was able to meet Chris and Peter Allen then, and then Donovan. And all. Mm -hmm. meeting with these three guys was our big turning point. We were so lucky. Uh, we met him at that point of time because they were so they they didn't have any importer in Japan. They were I think start to looking for some importer in Asia area. Timing was just perfect for us to start South Africa. They just led us the perfect direction. You know? So Donovan connected us to Adi Badenholst, Ethan Sadi, or Tim Skruger. Chris connected us to like Lucas Van Lockenberg, Justin Hogan, Mick Craven. Yeah, Peter Allen, of course, he connected us to John Seckham, uh, Marlis Neiman from Momentum, and obviously, yeah. of, of course, Gabriel Skloof. Yeah, so suddenly we had perfect portfolio. And, yeah, and, and I suppose and I suppose you have to take Craven with all the others, don't you? You can't leave you can't leave Mick alone by himself, can you? You have to take that. So just to be polite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You've got Testalonga as well. Yes. Uh, obviously, Testalonga makes a very particular style of wine in yeah. terms of, you know, organic viticulture and no additions, etc., mm. etc. Et is that is that part of the allure or is it all about what's in the glass? Okay, so Testalonga was a little bit uh, different. We met Craig in a little bit different way. Makoto was looking for some good pinotage okay. that fits into, into our portfolio, so not very heavy one, but a lighter style pinotage. Yeah. And he came across Lamashuk in 2013, and we made a, a point. Uh, the first time we met with Craig was 2014, when I was here with Makoto, and uh, made an appointment with Craig at Lamashuk. I still remember when I first met Craig because we were late by like almost one hour from that appointment time when we reached because at that time we didn't have any Wi-Fi or like mm -hmm. international telephone the only clue we had was Platter's Guide map right. to get to Lamchik so for uh, Asian stranger in Swatland area is you know just a stranger we yeah. didn't know where to go 
that global yeah. world is hectic. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we got there like almost an hour late, and Craig was a little bit very much upset. Looks very mad, but uh, we <laughs> were sorry for it. He probably, he probably missed his tee-off time for golf. That's what I probably was upset about. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> With Mick, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we tasted Lammershook uh, wines there, but unfortunately Lammershook was already imported into Japan. We didn't know that. And luckily, I mean, so Craig introduced us his own wine. He was mm-hmm. already starting to make his on Tessalonga, and yeah, it was, why not? Beautiful, beautiful natural wine. But what's, yeah. what I'm saying is, what I'm asking was, um, yeah. was the natural wine part of that a bigger lure, or was it all just about what was in the glass? I mean, Well, yes, there is a kind of movement in Japan for natural wines, mm-hmm. so we have a market for that, and of course it's, it's about in the, in the glass as well. Is it, a, is it a certain segment of the market that takes less Tessalonga wines, or are they throughout? Yeah, I, I, I can say both ways because he has like baby bandito range, right? Very good price. So that is selling very well. Okay. Not only for the, you know, natural market, uh, natural wine. Market. Yeah. Okay. So just, it's just not, generally, yeah. people aren't buying it because it's natural wine. People are buying it because it's good wine. Yeah. What styles of wines tend to work? Uh, that you found from South Africa in Japan? Is there much, I mean, from the sounds of things, there's not, there's not a lot of knowledge in the market about South African wine. So I'm assuming Shannon is, is pretty sought after or? It's really depending on how the customer, what the customer means like the, the trade. From us, the customer is almost the trade and how they are looking uh, the South African wines. Like, are they looking South African wines just alternative for their other French or other major country wines? Or are they really just looking for South African, South African wines? So it really depends. But from our data, the best-selling cultivars is still Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, really? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. Okay. Yeah, uh, because maybe this is... With another reason, because the clientele, we work with clientele, and mm-hmm. they have, uh, they're doing very well from our portfolio, and they're the best selling from our list because they have volume with very good price and very good quality. If that kind of wine uh, fits into the market, we don't have to take care of it; you're just selling automatically. In terms of competitors um, in Japan, do you see other New World countries, say like Australia and New Zealand, as competitors for what you do in terms of on the same spot on the list? You know what? I just analyzed data from the the Japan Customs homepage. I just downloaded the data for 10 years. I don't know. Maybe this this will answer your question or not. But South Africa is, in terms of volume, South Africa has been ranked in number nine in 2019 in terms of volume into Japan. And South Africa is always playing around number eight, seven, and nine. Mm-hmm. And in 2019, it was, uh, was ninth, but it was seventh in 2018, but two notches down by minus 28.6% minus. You know which country is the, has the most volume into Japan? I think it'd be France, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's very fair, uh, reasonable, reasonable uh, answer, I think. But uh, Chile has the best 
Okay. Uh, wow. I didn't know that. That's interesting. And past five years, Chile is the always number one. Yeah, followed by France, Italy, Spain, Australia, US, Germany, and Argentina. Why is Chile so? Um, have you got? No, like that's a, the question. Why, you, why do you think Chile is the number one? Have you got a, a trade agreement or something with them? Or absolutely. This yeah. is the this is the result of the of the free trade agreement. And Chile is the the first uh, country uh, had free trade agreement with Japan. Uh, in terms of the, like wine producing company. Uh, okay. So even Chile had minus 5% growth in 2019, but France, Italy, Spain, and Germany had big growth because France got 11% growth, Italy 20%, Spain 28%, Germany 33% growth. So this is, again, uh, Japan and EU got the trade agreement in 2019 February. So right. market is so sensitive and they, they react so fast with that kind of thing. And top 10 countries, you know, top 10 countries have 98.5% of the share from all volume and the wine coming into Japan. And top four, only top four countries have 82%. So that's a monster. Yeah. yeah. So Ch Chile is what percentage by itself? 28%. Okay, and France? France, 23. Okay. Italy, 16.6. .6, and Spain, got 15%. And yeah, that wow. That's amazing. A monster. Yeah, because even Australia only got 6%. And South Africa is only 1.6%. And Australia's been focusing on their Asian neighbours yeah. quite seriously over the yeah, last sort of 10 years. So. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, geogra geographically, it's pretty... Close, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, and we do have a trade agreement with, with Australia since mm -hmm. 2015. So yeah. they are growing. That's right. So only the and only the country we don't have trade agreement in this top 10 is US and US, Argentina, and South Africa. I don't yeah, know. Right. Argentina is, it hasn't got any uh, effect from, I, I mean, affected from this uh, EU agreement. Anyway, yeah. South Africa got the most affected minus growth from okay. the EU uh, free trade agreement. Oh, from the opening up. And so what, did that just make um, EU wines cheaper because of the, the duties were smaller? Is that what happened? Yeah, because, you know, when we have this uh, trade agreement, the cheaper wines will get more the benefit yes. than more expensive wines, you know, because mm -hmm. the duties are same. Price, right? Uh, okay, so it's, it's on volume yeah. rather than value. Yeah, so it goes per liter, right? That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. So uh, since our our wine, I mean, South African wine is, is not not to say cheap, but we we are like uh, good value. If you should, yeah, good. That's a diplomatic term for for cheap. Yeah, good value. Yeah, <laughs> <That's right>. yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, we get affected most. It's, it's amazing how, how, how much, you know, those trade, trade agreements affect the, the imports. That's um, incredible. Very, yeah. I mean, the market reacts so fast, right? I was so surprised. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, so, you know, we only have 1.2% of the share, but that, which means we still have a lot of space to grow. Right? There's a lot of upside. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to be like 
we don't want to have like share of 20%, but we can maybe go for like 5% maybe. Yeah, that's, yeah. 400% growth is, uh, yeah, sounds good, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> <That's, yeah. laughs> I mean, this 1.2% is, you know, including bulk wines. Huh? Okay. So, uh, so we still have a lot of space to grow. Mm. And wine drinking, the culture of wine drinking in Japan, is it, is it widespread? Is it sort of every day, every restaurant? Or is it in different sections? Is it more of an mm. urban thing? Is it more sort of big city thing rather than a, a small town thing? Or is it everywhere? Well, uh, wine lovers are everywhere in I mean, nationwide. I think I can say maybe this is more urban thing. Like mm. a big city thing. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Not only the wines, but young younger people are not drinking much anymore. I think this is, I heard this is world, world trend, but mm-hmm. uh, like wines are more the people over 30, maybe. And I mean, Japan has a, a super strong sommelier culture. I mean, the J- Japanese Sommelier Association, I think, has the most members uh, of any national association in the world. I think I'm right there. Really? Oh, I didn't know. It, it's, it's, oh. Some, it's, it's an incredible number. And so is, is, is obviously, you know, if, if, if that surprises you, then maybe the, you've already <laughs> answered the next question. I thought maybe, that, <laughs> I thought that maybe the, the sommeliers were, were getting on board with different styles of wine and, and, and South African wines, and that was one of your avenues to market. But it sounds like you're not really mm. selling into sommeliers or talking to sommeliers much. You're talking more to the distributors. Yes, I can say we can talk more to the distributors, but we have to educate the market. So that includes sommeliers as well. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, the service people. And Woza is active in Japan, aren't they? It wasn't, but now it wasn't, I I can say it wasn't enough, but it it is now since 2019. um, As you said, Keiji, uh, who's making wine in in Baden-Fos. Yeah, he's, he's... He's currently stuck on Kalmusfontein, isn't he? I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> poor dude. <laughs> well, lucky dude, actually. No, I shouldn't say poor dude. Yeah, lucky very guy. lucky. It's a, lucky it's, it's, um, yeah. it's a nice place to be stuck. Yeah, beautiful right. people. I wish I could stuck there, you know, not, not <laughs> here in Cape Town. In a flat, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bit more space. Anyway, At least, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so Keiji is now uh, helping out Rosa in Japan, uh, digital marketing, and one lady... Do you know Yoshi? Yes. Uh, Yoshiko, mm-hmm. uh, the wine educator, a wine writer and educator. She's yeah. taking care, care of Mosa now. So th- these two are doing, uh, I think, fantastic job to, uh, to market South African wines uh, through Mosa now. Awesome. So why are you, I mean, are you based in South Africa for, to be a liaison uh, with the wineries in, in terms of the first port um, of call? Or what's, what's the plan there? Okay, the first reason was to do uh, better communication with the suppliers. Yeah. Because Japan and South Africa is physically so far away, mm-hmm. seven hours time difference. And we didn't have a good English speaker in our office in Tokyo. Yeah, so I, we thought it's good to have good communication point in Cape Town to do better communication with, with uh, our suppliers as a whole stage. And secondly, because we're such a small importing company and a small wine importing company in Japan, since South African wines are, as, I, as we said, spoke, uh, the market is not very big yet. So mm-hmm. 
we just wanted to do something different from the other bigger importers to take some advantage to do South Africa wines. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is the, some kind of commitment to the suppliers uh, from our side that we are a bit serious about South Africa. Yeah, yeah, permanent and serious yeah. and yeah, yeah, and committed. Right. And yeah, and thirdly, <laughs> there was. Uh, because Makoto loves Cape Town, he needed another reason to uh, visit Cape Town more. Good to have a uh, you know, second base. Maho, thank you very much yep. for your time. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you, dude. Thank you nice very one. much, David. Cheers, mate. Take it easy. All right. Yeah, bye. bye.